Welcome home. Some of you hadn't got to be here in a little while. Some of you have been sick and different things going on in your life. And it's good to see you this morning. And we want to welcome you home. I hope that uh, you have already been blessed this morning. If you haven't, I've got, uh, as the old timers used to say, if you haven't already been blessed, I think your wood must be wet. You know, uh, but hopefully you've already been blessed and the word of God that I have to share with you this morning is also going to bring you a blessing. So we're glad that you're here. We want to welcome our, uh, our, uh, the streaming audience as well. We're always glad to have them join us. We wish you could be here with us in person, but nevertheless, we enjoy you being here, uh, through the means of streaming. So this morning, I want you, if you have your Bibles, to turn to the book of Acts. As we go to the book of Acts, we're going to go to chapter 28, and I'm going to read the first ten verses uh, to you, or I preferably you're going to read them with me, and uh, and you're going to understand a little bit more about my title uh, after we read these verses of Scripture. Once safely on shore, and keep in mind, uh, this is the Apostle Paul. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. That's stipulated there because this island, they weren't going over to visit the church down the road. They were going to visit a barbarian island. Uh, this was an island that was very, very barbaric in all of its ways and all of its doings. They were given over to, uh, to barbarian worship, including things like witchcraft. They showed us unusual kindness, Paul said. They built us a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. Paul was snake bit, we would say. A viper indicates that it was a poisonous snake. We all know, most of us, with exception of maybe a few, most of us have that fear of snakes. Has that snake bit Paul's hand? Picking up at verse 4, the islanders saw the snake hanging off of his hand. And they begin to say, This man, he must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess, notice that, the goddess, pagan goddess, justice has not allowed him to live. They'd already marked Paul dead. Catch what's that saying. They'd already, they marked Paul dead in that moment. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing that nothing unusual happened to him, they changed their minds. And they said that he was a God. Notice that has a little G in it.
I'm going to skip down now, if you would, to, to verse 7. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publis, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us his generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed and suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went to see him and after prayer, he placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. I want to preach to you this morning with the thought in mind, shake it off. Shake it off. Now, Paul was doing exactly what we're called to do as Christians. Paul was serving God by serving people. You and I, every single one of us in this room today, we are called to serve God. Now, uh, our, our sign is drastically faded down at the end of the driveway. We, we need to have a new one printed up. I, I, I need to give some attention to that. But on one side of that sign, it says, enter to worship. On the other side of that sign, when it's flipped around, it says, exit to serve. You see, I don't come to church to serve the Lord. And yeah, maybe I do in the sense of preaching. But, but coming to church is not about us Serving the Lord. If you say, if you're one of those that says, well, I, I serve the Lord. I go to church every Sunday. You, I, I hope that today that you will change your mindset in on your way of thinking in that. Because we really don't come to church to serve the Lord. We come to church to worship the Lord. We serve the Lord by serving other people. And that's what Paul was doing. Paul was, Paul was, Paul was serving the Lord by serving people. And on this journey he was on, they, they, they've been tossed to and fro on the sea. They're wet, they're cold, uh, they're hungry. And, and of all places, you would thought at least you would have thought that the Lord would have granted that they had landed at Golden Corral or somewhere. Cracker Barrel at least, you know. But no, they, they landed on a barbarian island. They landed on a place that uh, <clears throat> that wasn't, if you would, Christ-like. But do you understand with me this morning that in service to other people, as we serve other people and as we serve the Lord by serving other people, that, that God is often, often, often He is going to take us and put us in situations that are may not be Christian. Hello. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, you know, we we oftentimes think of missionaries going to foreign countries and missionaries there finding themselves ministering to people that are barbarian or heathen, if you would. But I've got news for you that today in this Great land we live in, and I still believe we live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. But we live in a post-Christian society. 
There are people right here in Mercer County, Tazewell County, uh, uh, Monroe County, uh, uh, McDowell County, Bland County, Virginia, where, with County Virginia, wherever any of us could possibly go. I want you to understand with me this morning, we live in such a time right here in our communities, right here in our neighborhoods, that there are people that have never rightfully heard the gospel of Jesus Christ preached or explained to them. There are people right here under our noses that have never opened the pages of Scripture nor had Scripture expounded to them in any capacity. We live in such a time that there are people that are non-Christian that need us to serve them. When we get there, we may be cold. And we may be wet just like Paul and, and the disciples that were traveling with them. We may find ourselves actually being in and they may treat us well. You see, Paul couldn't say a thing about the way he was treated. He could, he had no complaints, man. These people were being very hospitable. They would fix, built the fire. They were doing nice things. Listen, do you know, just because somebody isn't a Christ follower doesn't mean that they can't be nice. Just because somebody, because somebody is a, not a Christ follower, it doesn't mean that, that, that everything in the world is wrong with them and we can't be afraid to get close to them. Paul gets there and they're treating Paul well. But when Paul gathers some brush, to put on that fire, the snake, the serpent, the viper, the poisonous snake, the snake that should have been his bite unto death, latches on to his hand. Now, I, I heard, a, I was talking to somebody in recent months and they, they were telling, I, I don't know how we got talking about being snake bit uh, and, and different things, but they were talking about a, a snake that had bit them and they said that the snake, when it struck them, had expanded its jaws so wide that once it, it launched its fangs and latched onto their skin, that, that it did not fall off. It did not let go. They had to actually, they, they, they actually cut the head of the snake or cut the snake's head off and they went to the emergency room with the snake's head and its, and its, uh, fangs still in their skin. That's sort of the situation it was with Paul. The, the, when he when he drew his hand back, the snake was still attached. I I I, I can see this in my mind. I can get a, a little bit of a mental picture. I hope you can too. That Paul he jerk he probably like any of us would jerk his hand back, and the snake is still hanging on to him. You know the snake the snake is still in there. I believe it was done in a matter so everyone can see. Listen, did God make this snake? Bite Paul? Absolutely not. I don't think he did, but I do think he allowed this to happen. And as we see why he allowed it to happen, what I'm getting to this morning and the point I'm trying to make is there's things that happen in our life that happen for the glory of God and God will use them, but they may not seem pleasant to us. Okay? So Paul has got a snake hanging to his hand. I want you to understand this with me this morning. As we serve people, 
I want you to realize and to know if you haven't already learned this lesson in your Christian walk, or if you're here and you've never been saved, I want to know you to know you can expect this. The servant of the Lord is always subject to attack. If you don't capture anything else this morning, I want you to remember, it's one of the things I want you to remember. The servant of the Lord is always subject to attack. Don't you ever consider, I don't care how close that you get with God. I don't care how how intimate you become with Him. It, how how glorious, how much you worship Him. What how whatever you do, you may pray. You may pray fourteen hours a day. You may read your Bible. You know the other ten hours of the day, not even sleep. And, and this, but whatever, however spiritual you can become. For God, I want you to understand this. If you are a servant of the Lord, you are never excluded and you're never beyond the attack of the enemy. In fact, I would go as far to say the contrary. Because if you're going to serve the Lord, if you're going to work for the Lord, if you're going to do for God, you are going to find yourself coming under attack. A snake is going to attack you out of the fire. And it's going to hang on for a brief time. But understand this. Paul shook it off. He shook the snake off. I, I, I pardon me. I, you know, you know, I just, I just, I just, I just get things on my mind and I can't get them off. But I can't help but think about a few weeks ago when Nathan and Carrie and I and, and the, and the other 23 people on that team, we were down there in Peru and, and we have, we had finished our work on the church building, uh, uh, for the trip and, and, and we decided we, we had prayer. We were on prayer walk the par, uh, property and all of a sudden we hear, you could hear the popping and the cracking of the fire and you could see the smoke coming up and those that were closer on that side could see the flames and I was on the far corner of that property and, and, and I began to make my way over there and as, as I, I ran as good as a short fat old man can run and I made my way over there to where the fire was going but here's what I believe I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt yes they saw two men set that fire and I don't know what their purpose and I don't know exactly what their motive was but I do believe that there was satanic purpose and satanic attack that was behind that fire. I believe that with all of my heart, as did David Hodge, our missionary down there. But but we had to fight back, and people saw us fight back, and people saw us push back against the attack of the enemy. And we just had to do what we had to do in the moment, and get over it, and get by. We could have sat down, and we could snivel, and we could whine, and we could have done all kinds of things. But you listen, when the enemy brings you under attack, you do what you got to do, you shake it off, and you keep on going for Jesus, but rest in, assured that the servant of the Lord is always subject to attack. It, it's not if it will ha- if it can happen, it's when it will happen. And when it does happen, we must press on. The serpent attacked the servant of the Lord when he attacked Paul. We should anticipate the same such attack. But I know what the Bible says. The Bible says in all things, praise the Lord. In all things, praise the Lord. You know, it's, 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 it's easy enough to walk in a nice, pretty room like we have here. We have comfortable air conditioning in the summer. We have warm air, uh, heat in the winter. 
We have fancy lights where we can see. We have projectors where you, you know, you, you know, you can operate in the spirit of laziness and you don't even have to bring your own Bible anymore. We show it all to you. You know, we, we, we have everything. It, man, it's easy for us to come in and to worship the Lord and to praise the Lord in a circumstance like this. That makes it easy. But when the serpent has, has come out of the fire, and the serpent has latched hold of you, and the serpent has grabbed you, and 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 you're there, you're the man, you're the woman of God, and, and everybody knows that's who you're supposed to be. But all of a sudden, the enemy's brought you under attack. You have to shake it off. You have to shake it off. You see, there's no time for us. And uh, you know, I, I I think about sports, and and you know, especially, football can be a brutal game. Our grandson's playing football and, 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 you know, and, and it's, it's, it's fun to set, it's not funny, but it is fun to set at a football game because when, 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 <coughs> when a boy gets hurt out down on the field, when a player is injured, you can see the moms, the moms are getting all, uh, you know, frantic and, and all worrisome and all like that. And, and, and you'll see the dad sitting there and they say, get up, shake it off. You're all right. Your leg just broke in two places. It's okay. Go ahead and finish your game. You know, you know that's that's what dads do. But we 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 have to sometimes we we have to shake off the attacks of the enemy. That doesn't say that I don't care. It doesn't say that the Lord is not sensitive. But what it does say, we need to expect and we need to continue on in what we're doing. Listen, listen. There there is no there is no time for us to whine. There's no time, there's no place for us to panic. But we, we, we have to continue on. I don't see that Paul, Paul went into a panic attack and said, Oh God, I'm a, oh Lord, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. That was, that was a copper rattlesnake rattler head with, 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 with twelve and a half inch things. And he is, he, he's already been, uh, sure, I'm, Lord, save me, I'm gonna die. We don't, we don't find any sense of that. Paul discontinued about his business. You know, sometimes the enemy brings us under attack. I can guarantee you this. It physically, physically, it hurt Paul when that snake bit him. It hurt. Paul was a human. Paul was a man just like we are. It hurt. It brought physical pain to his body when that serpent bought him, brought him. But it was no time for Paul to stop. It was no time for Paul to quit. Even when you and I, when we come under attack, when we find ourselves being snake bit out of the fire, we have to shake it off and we have to keep on going. And that means we got to get tough. You remember, I, I don't remember what show it was off or a commercial or something, but when it says the going gets tough, the tough get going. You gotta be tough if you don't be a Christian. You gotta be a tough if you don't be a servant of the Lord. We gotta square our shoulders back. We used to call it, we, I, you know, some of y'all ain't gonna remember this, but some of y'all will. You remember that old song? I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier. In the army of the Lord, I'm a soldier. In the army of the Lord, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Hallelujah. We used to say, when, even when I was an Episcopal baby, and I was one. When I was an Episcopal baby, and they put my little black and white robe on me, and, and and we marched out on Palm Sunday carrying our little palms in the Episcopal church, and I can remember singing that song, Onward Christian Soldiers Marching As to War. First song I ever learned in church was Onward Christian Soldiers. 
Listen, we got to remember, church, we are soldiers. We're warriors. We're going to battle. We, we've got to be strong. We've got to persevere. We've got to push through. We've got to endure much. Now, don't that make you want to be a servant of the Lord? <laughs> That's what we all want. Now, now, you know, we, we, we have lived for so many years. We have, we have heard so much preaching and, and so much encouragement that it's, it, it's, it's like old tiny Tim and the younger ones, you can Google him, okay? He's on Google. He's, he's on Wikipedia. Tiny Tim. We tiptoe through the tulips. You know, we're used to, uh, you know, we're used to tiptoeing. We, we, we think the church is all about tiptoeing through the tulips. But listen, but the church, we are an army of the Lord. We're servants of the Lord. We serve the Lord as we serve others. Listen, why did God allow this to happen to Paul? Why didn't God do something about that snake? Here's why. Because naysayers were watching. Naysayers were watching. There was, there, there was an island full of barbarians that, that worshiped idol gods that, that even, uh, eventually we know that they even thought and considered that Paul might be a god, might be a god. But it was a, it was a neighborhood of, 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 of naysayers and unbelievers and people that had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, we think that everybody knows who Jesus is all around us, but they don't. Even in this community that we live in, there are people that have very little knowledge about who Jesus is. If you don't believe me, I've said this so many times, but I'll say it again this morning. If you don't believe people don't understand who Jesus is and what the plan of salvation is, walk to the cemetery and you'll see there marker after marker at mark. Everybody that dies go to heaven. Oh, let me tell you something. Everybody that dies doesn't go to heaven. Only people who have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and asked Him to forgive them and give the, and accept the, His, His free pardon, the remission of their sins. That's all that goes to heaven, people. I want you to know that. That's all that goes to heaven. But but the reality of it is, there's a lot of people all around us right now that do not understand that. They do not comprehend it. They have never even heard such a thing. And we have to go to them. And as we go to them, there will be sometimes we don't get snake bit. We don't get snake bit. The snake will latch on. But listen, the snake latched on to Paul. Paul shook it off. But what happens? The naysayers are watching. The devil calls the barbarians to accuse Paul uh, of his past. For Saul was a murderer. They, 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 maybe they knew something. Maybe they did or maybe they were just speculating. Maybe it was happening. But, but listen to this. Paul used to be named Saul. Saul was a murderer. He held the coat. Of the people that stoned Stephen. What's the first thing the barbarians said? He must be a murderer. You see the enemy. Even when you get snake bit. The enemy will like to accuse you of your past. Mm-hmm. Understand this with me. Understand with this, this me. Your past. It, when you come to Jesus Christ. Your past no longer has any determination on your future. I understand there's some decisions that we make in life that have, that have consequences that go on and on and on. But listen, God does not use any of our past to qualify for what He's wanting to do in our lives right now. He just wants us to have a right now, up to date, real relationship and experience with Him. 
Uh, he must be a murderer. That's why that snake bit him. But see, Paul was confident in his salvation because he was no longer Saul, but he was now Paul. And God had changed his life and God had transformed his life. And they begin to think of him and accuse him. And even, and even I think that the enemy there was trying to inter- interfere with Paul's mindset to tempt him to doubt his relationship with the Lord. But those naysayers continued to watch. Three times in verses 4, 5, and 6, you will note that the barbarians were watching Paul. Let me tell you something. Whether you realize it and I realize it, people have their eyes on me and you. You know, there's a, it, you, you're not going to find this in your Bible. I'll tell you why you're not going to find this in your Bible. It's not there. There's a lot of other things that you can find in your Bible, like the flowers from Grandpa's funeral, you know, the, you know, the dry flowers. There's, but you won't find this in your Bible. You won't find this in your Bible. God, God wants to use us, but as God wants to use us, things will happen in our life. Here's my point. Here's my point. Others do not determine what God is doing in your life. Years ago, y'all keep in mind, I came out of Episcopalian. I came over into, uh, the, the, uh, as a teenager in the Assemblies of God. For a number of years, I was, I was, uh, I was not in just the, the Pentecostal Holiness Church, but I was, I was, I was steeped in the, the, uh, very much so in the holiness movement. And I, and every movement has its value. There's nothing wrong with holiness as long as you understand what holiness is. Well, when I was in the holiness movement, there's a lot of things that you didn't do and you could do, you couldn't do, you didn't do, and you could do, and, and all places you could go, places you couldn't go, and there was, there was a lot of rules in that movement. Well, uh, you know, I went through some things in my life and, and, and I, and I tell you, I really found a place in the Lord, and I'm not saying that the Lord relaxed His, the Word of God was relaxed just for my circumstance, I'm not saying that at all. But I found out a lot of the things, a lot of the, the stipulations that I put on other people, and a lot of stipulations I put on myself, they were just that. They were things that I did. And, and, and I hope it's don't offend you, but, but bless God, when it's hot, I wear short britches. Now I don't, I don't wear them like, I don't wear like Speedos or anything like that, you know, huh, you know, I know that, you know, you can, that gives you a good mental picture. But, but, but I wear, so here I am, I'm in Walmart and I got on a pair of these shorts with about 15 pockets in them. Any of y'all ever got any of those? I, I quit wearing them because they said it makes you look shorter than you actually are. But at that time, I had on a pair of these shorts and over, over with about 15 pockets in them and I was in Walmart. And here come a lady. Bless God, ladies. I don't know why, but it always seems to be a lady. Here comes this lady. And she, pretty tall lady, much taller than I am. Now that's saying something, you know. And she had a P, this lady held a PhD. Y'all know what that is. Pentecostal hairdo. She had her hairdo on. Here she come walking down the aisle. 
And she she turned her head like this. I surprised her Pentecostal hair didn't fall off. But she about lost. I thought, you don't lose your PhD. She walked up to me. She said, what's this? I said, and me operating in the gift of smart alecky. I said, that's my legs. She said, Where's your britches at? About that taller voice. Where's your britches at? I said, well, I got them on. She looked at me. She said, just like that. She said, you ain't got nothing. Now, her attitude was okay. But all 14 inches of my lower leg was an abomination, okay? But understand this with me, this, what, the point I'm trying to make. There, will pe- there are people that will come up and they can criticize you, and especially if they're bringing up your past. But understand this, sometimes we just have to learn, to sh- actually all the time, we have to learn to shake things off. You can't let people convict you and bring your condemnation upon you, you must seek the Word of God and press into the Word of God. And I believe if you're full of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit is going to lead you, He's going to teach you, and He's going to guide you, and He will direct you. So, don't let other determine other people determine what God is doing in your life. See, that's what they tried to do to Paul. Even whether they realized it or not, that's what they were driving. So Paul shook off the serpent. He shook it off. What you and I must do, we must shake off our difficulties. Have you ever considered this? That God gets more glory out of our weaknesses than He does out of our strength. Have you ever, have you ever thought about that? Not long ago, I ran up, I, I did actually, I did a funeral. I did a funeral for a, a, a fellow that I grew up with. I would say a boy, but that means I would be a boy and we were both old. And, but Not real old, but you know. And I did his funeral and, and there's people, other people that I went to school with. And, and we were sitting around talking. And, and this one this one gal that, that I went to school with and all the way through school together, high school, you know. And and and, and she she looked at me and, and she didn't mean a thing in the world by it. She said, if anybody in the world had ever told me in school, because I was a rascal, okay? I'm not proud of being a rascal, but I was a rascal with a capital R. She looked at me, she said, if anybody had ever told me that N.R. Taylor, she knew I was getting ready to go to Peru, she said, if anybody told me that N.R. Taylor would ever have been pastor of church and preaching and going all over the world doing missions work, she said, I would have laughed. She said, I would have said, you are crazy. And I thought to myself, you're exactly right. Because I know where I come from. But where I come from is not as important as where I am right now in Christ Jesus and where I, He wants me to be in Him. 
And and sometimes we just have to shake things off. Am I well polished? Well, you all know the answer to that. No. Am, am I am I the most intellectual person in the world? Y'all know the answer to that. That's no. You all know am I the most educated preacher in the world? Y'all know the answer to that. And that's no. Am I the best looking preacher that this church has right now? You know the answer to that is yes. But the reality of it is, where I've been and what I've done does not determine where I am with God right now. You see, where Paul had been and the things he had done was all behind him. That did not determine where he was at when he landed on Malta and a serpent reached out of the fire, latches onto his hand, but a bunch of barbarians think that he's going to swell up and bust open and die. But God got more glory out of what happened than if it had never happened at all. And the things that happen in our life that we think are unfair and and and, and we, we are undeserving of them, maybe all of that is true, okay? It was unfair that Paul got bit by a copper rattlesnake head with all with all the fangs and all that stuff. But the reality of it is it may not have been fair, but in all of that, God is glorified. Because what happens is they do not see Paul swell up, they do not see Paul die, and they see the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ as it radiates, and they see the hand of God as it settles on Paul. They even think of him as being a God, which he had to straighten them out on that. But what it is, it's a testimony of perseverance. And a testimony of perseverance, even if Paul had swelled up, even if he had went into a, a, an enormous sweat, even if he had shaken all over and, and laid in a bed for, for uh, three weeks to get over the snake bite, but that didn't even happen. But if it had, it was Paul surviving was still a testimony of who God is. And whatever you've been through, whatever I've been through, and whatever we will go through, if we'll shake it off, will be a testimony of God's goodness. I'm full of stories this morning. Y'all forgive me. Any of y'all ever struggle with apologizing? Y'all struggle with that. You, you, you like, you like, I, I like the way, I really love the way that, that church folks and Christians apologize. We'll apologize like this. We, we know, I know, I know, I, you know, I know I done done something. I done done. See, I done done. I, you know, I done done. I done done. I did did. I, I done done something to Heath. I done, I smacked him other week, you know. I know, I, I know I smacked him and I smacked him a little bit harder than I should have. I didn't mean to, but I did, okay? And I know I've already just, uh, and I come over and I say, Hey Heath, if I've done something to you to hurt you or offend you, I'm sorry. I know what I did. I'm not stupid. I may look that way, but I'm not stupid. You know, if I've done anything to you, I'm sorry. Apologizing comes hard, even for believers and even for Christians. Or, you know, or we'll come up and we'll say, I apologize. And we don't even know what that word means. We don't really mean it. 
But do you realize I, I went through, I had an experience one time, and I, I love to pick. Amen. 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 I love to pick. She told me, she says 24-7, I don't know how to do it in my sleep, but she told me last night we went to bed, and she was tired, and she was like, oh, oh, I guess, and I, and I was picking on her. She said, you never stop, do you? I love to pick, okay? I do love to pick. And I was picking at this guy. Later became a great friend of mine. He was a friend then, but he became a great friend. I was picking at him. He was, he was redheaded. He's passed away now. He was redheaded and had real thick hair. Any of y'all ever watch Andy Griffith's show? Yeah. Opie was redheaded. Redheads are just... They're just different, okay? Eugene, Eugene was redheaded. And he actually did, and he's sort of freckled, he actually did sort of remind you of Opie off of Andy Griffith. And I would go down through the factory doing my job, my job at that time, and until that I ride a forklift or a tow motor a whole lot, and I would go down, I'd be driving down through there, and I'd go by Eugene's workstation, and I'd go, Hey, Opie! Every time I go by, I bet dozens of times a day, hey, Opie! I, Golly, Opie! You know, he didn't like it. And he told me about it. And you know what? I, I didn't do it. I, I'm not going to tell you I did it instantaneously when he told me about it. Probably wasn't a good time. But I went back to him later on. Same day, but later on in the day. And I said, Eugene, I said, I'm, I said, I apologize. I said, I didn't mean any harm by it. I am sorry. And I, and, and I sincerely meant it from my heart. And I'm not bragging on me here, but I sincerely meant it from my heart. But I want to tell you something. It was hard for me to do that. Sometimes it's hard for us to apologize. Sometimes it's hard. And I don't know why I got on this apology thing, really, to be honest with you. But I, it, but I had to apologize to it. But here's why he came back and told me. He and I later become great friends. Eugene gave his heart to Jesus and served as a board member in a, a large church that now exists over in the town of Withville. He served in leadership in that church until he passed away a number of years back. But you know what Eugene told me, and this is, I'm not bragging on me, I'm just bragging on Jesus, the Holy Spirit, that, that, that I did allow to work in me, is he came to me, he said, I appreciate the fact that you could come to me and apologize. He said, that showed me something about your Christianity that I've never seen, or I've seen out of very few, few Christians before. You know, Sometimes we got to shake the snake off. And when we shake the snake off and we allow God to do His work, sometimes it shows people something about our faith that maybe they otherwise would never see. Are you still with me or have I lost you? People will see something in us that they otherwise normally wouldn't see. So don't get alarmed when the snake jumps out of the fire and latches on to your hand. You see, God gave Paul favor and God used that incident to, to make Paul's witness to this barbarian island effective. 
Sometimes we will find ourselves under attack. We will go through stuff, but we must press in, persevere, and we must trust God. Our perseverance and our endurance is not for our pain, but it actually is for the glory of God. We serve God by serving other people. As we serve other people, we're going to experience attack and we're going to experience pain. But if we will shake it off and let Jesus shine through our lives, our faith will be exemplified through His faithfulness and we will reach people as a testimony of who Christ is. When we read the Gospel of John, we find in the Gospel of John chapter 11, we find that there was a um, circumstance of some of Jesus' uh, closest friends. It was a guy named Lazarus, and Lazarus got sick. As Lazarus got sick, uh, he was from Bethany, the house of bread, and and in the village of Mary and Lazarus, you know, and, and Martha. Mary's brother is Lazarus. He was sick, the Bible says. And uh, and the sisters sent word to Jesus. Lord, Lord, the one you love, Lazarus, is sick. When Jesus heard about this, his response to them was simply this. This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Let me tell you what happened. Jesus takes His own lovely time getting to Bethany. When He gets to Bethany, guess what happened? Lazarus was dead. Most of y'all know this. But just in case you don't, Lazarus dead. You said, "Oh no, no, no! Wait, wait a minute." Jesus just said that he wasn't—he wasn't going to die. It wasn't under death. Just stay with me. Lazarus is dead. He'd been in the tomb. Been in tomb for three days total. According to Jewish belief, it was on the third day that the soul would leave depart from the body. So he was dead dead, if you get what I mean. The fourth day. Somebody wrote a song, even when he's four days late. Jesus is still right on time. He stands outside that tomb. We find there that Jesus wept. Why did he weep? There's a lot of different ideas of that. I'm not got time for that this morning. But Jesus wept. And then we find that Jesus called Lazarus by name. He told him to roll the stone that had sealed that tomb away. He called Lazarus by name and Lazarus come out bound in grave clothes. Now he, how could that happen? He was wrapped up like, it was like a mummy. I don't know if he hovered out. I don't know if, if he shuffled. I don't know how it happened. But Lazarus came out and Jesus spoke these words to those that were around him. He said, loose him and let him go. I want you to, I want you to capture that picture in your mind right now. And I want you to understand this. Lazarus did indeed expire. His heart quit beating. What 
to whatever extent the embalming process was in that day had occurred and his body had been wrapped. He had been placed in a tomb and that tomb sealed over. He was dead. But Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. But he wasn't speaking about necessarily a physical death of Lazarus. It, it wasn't, this sickness was not all about death, if you would, but it was about God being glorified. Because Jesus knew when he got there and, and he spoke to Lazarus that Lazarus would come forth and somebody would have to unwrap him and let him go. See, God knew that this viper wasn't meant for Paul's death. But it was for the glory of God. God also knows that whatever you're going through, whatever I'm going through, whatever we've been through, whatever we will go through, whatever has latched a hold of us, that we just need to shake it off. Because if we will trust the Lord, whatever we are been through, whatever we're in right now, whatever we're going through, if we will just shake it off, <coughs> and as the old saying goes, and just keep on trucking for Jesus, God will get the glory. Because He'll get more glory of our, out of our faithfulness through a difficult time than He would if nothing ever came our way. So understand this, in the midst of difficulties, trials, and in the midst of snake bites, God will gain the glory out of your circumstance and my circumstance if we will just remain faithful to Him and press on and shake it off. I want you to stand with me right now. Some of you right now in this room, uh, probably every single one of us, because we're all, we, listen, we all, we're all riding in the same boat. Some of us just got a different paddle, okay? But every one of us in this room, there's stuff that we've, there's stuff in our past that we, that we, we've had to deal with or still deal with. There's stuff going on now. There's something coming on in our future. All of us have made mistakes. All of us has had our fallacies. Uh, many of us have had bad things happen to us. We've had the snake bite us out of the fire. Listen, it's not all been good. It's not all been well. There's stuff happened to us. But right now, whatever's happened in your life, I want you to do this. I want you to hold your hands out like this with me right now, if you would. Just hold your hands out like this. Okay? And right now, I want you to do this. I just want you just shake it off. Just shake it off. Right now, whatever, whatever's been going on in your life, just shake it off. And now while you got those hands out here like this, just raise them up and just say, God, I glorify you. In all things, I worship you. God, we praise you right now, Lord, because you have been good to us, Lord. You have ministered to us through the fire, through the flood, whatever has come our way. Lord, we have been snake bit, but we're going to shake it off. God, we glorify you in this house right now. <coughs> we worship you, God, for you are worthy. If you're in this room this morning and you've never given your heart and your life to Jesus, today's a good day. If, if, if you would, everybody in the room, if you would just honor me by, by, by bowing your head and closing your eyes real, for just a moment or two. With heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this room this morning and you've never been saved. If you've never been saved. There's a brand new day for you ahead. 
There's a brand new life for you ahead. Saul's name was changed to Paul. You may not get a legal name changed, but God will change your identity. An identity from being lost to an identity of being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. If you're in this room today and you've never been saved, I would like for you, without any embarrassment, I'm not going to call you out or anything like that, but I would like to be able to pray for you. Would you slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I need to be saved. Anybody in this room right now? Anyone at all? Pastor, I need to be saved. Okay, I take it from that everybody in this room is ready to meet Jesus. This is what I want you to do with me right now then. If there's anybody in this room that needs special prayer, you've been snake bit. There's something you've been under attack. You need to shake it off. But maybe you need a little help shaking it off this morning. Listen, we are, our, our, our slogan, our motto, whatever you want to call it, our focus here at Voice of Praise is that we are a family of believers that are doing life together. And our family of Christ followers actually doing life together. If you're in this room and you've been snake bit of sorts and you're having a problem shaking it off, maybe it's memories from the past, maybe it's something that's happening in your life right now. But if you need reinforcement with prayer, we would like to agree with you. I would invite you to come down and join me here at this altar and we will have a special season of prayer with you and people will gather around you and we're going to agree together that you will shake off and God will be glorified whatever's going on right now in your life or whatever's plagued you through the years. Is there anybody in this room right now?